Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A podcast. Racism is okay as long as it's against white people. Yeah. Just like sexism is okay as long as it's against men. Yeah, we have to Pretty exclude much all prejudice is okay as long as it's again against like rich white cis straight male American like, overlords. Right. Rich or maybe middle class, you can also upper middle. Yeah, I mean like actual yeah. middle class are hurting enough that they're they're getting toward to be a protected group. Yeah. Um, a socially protected group. Right, a, 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 an endangered species even. <laughs> um, endangered species. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel very endangered. But uh, <laughs> you should. Yeah, well, are he's are, are you rich enough to be endangered? I mean, you um, can just like you can just drop $15 on a Chipotle gift card, so. Yeah, yeah. So that, speaking of that, we we got to get into the raffle, right? Welcome to but. Making Luck, a <laughs> Dominion podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Adam and this is Jake. I'm Jake. Yep. I don't know where we're starting this episode, Yeah, but it's going to be good. Yeah, no, I don't think I want to know where we're starting this episode. Me neither. That's future yeah. Adam's problem. Yeah, and Jake possibly, if, uh, <laughs> if enough people get offended. <laughs> So good. Yeah, so um, we have a really awesome episode. This time uh, it came from user feedback, user feedback, listener feedback. Yeah. We're getting into... L- listeners are users of the podcast. They're using us um, for, <laughs> our sil- for our silky voices. Hi. And insightful Dominion commentary. But but mostly the silky voices. Yeah. I mean, I mean look at us, though. Like... Yeah. Also um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this shirt is short sleeve, by the way. You can't see under the jacket. Nice. Really but this, uh, this shirt is short sleeve. You can't see under my sweater. Nice. Until I take it off. Which you might, because we're going to get into some theory discussions this time. <laughs> of course. But mostly we're going to be talking about uh, two cards, uh, one of which was suggested on in a YouTube comment. Um, the Castle's Pile mm-hmm. is uh, the second one we're going to get into, but first we're going to talk about Hunting Grounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I'm really excited. I entered the raffle for the Chipotle gift card. Yeah, if you remember, the raffle last time was a $15 Chipotle gift card. I entered the raffle 55 times. It turns out uh, it's okay to enter it multiple times. Yeah, I don't care. Unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) of course you don't. Unfortunately, uh, I did this in front of his girlfriend, so she entered 56 times. Yeah. I mean, normally, I mean, I've always been a trendsetter, but, you know. Yeah, so the winner of the raffle, um, I don't. I mean, I don't really care. You can win it. It's, Sweet! You're buying the gift card anyway, so um, <laughs> all the gifts come out of your budget, so if you want to... Yeah, I haven't actually picked up the gift card anyway, so... Uh, I can get Chipotle on the way to uh, games on Wednesday night. Yeah, and then it's like you got a $15 Chipotle gift card. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, next it's time... exciting. Next time we're going to be having a very special raffle, actually. So, as you may know, there is a little Horton on the way. Um, Adam, oh, yeah? Yeah, Adam is Adam and his wife are having a baby, and if you win the yeah. raffle, you get to determine the sex of the baby. <laughs> wait, wait, we just... And you it's... will get to determine it. No! Uh, if you win the next raffle of Making Luck, a hereditary podcast. So, like, first of all... We we know what it is. In fact, we had and the, you could know too. We had the reveal you'll have decided party. Decided it. <laughs> we had the reveal party on Saturday. That was the day before yesterday. Yeah. We part. Like I, I can tell you, you what it is right now. If you choose something other than what they've told everyone, they're gonna have some awkward conversations to have. That's just saying. This is your power. It's in your hands. Okay. The baby is a. Yeah. 
So you can't, you can't change that. Uh, so a couple pieces of bread before we get to the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, first of all, last time I alluded to um, two cards that make me think of piling estates whenever I see them, and I yeah. said that Grand Market was the first of them, and I left it up uh, as an exercise to the listener as to what the other card would be. And uh, Wandering Winder suggested uh, that the other one would be Hunting Grounds, eh? tie yeah. in this episode. There eh? we go. Uh, but he said shout-outs to Baron. Uh, and uh, <laughs> neither one of those is actually the one I was thinking of. Really? Uh, I was I thinking actually... Wild Hunt. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, those, so... are, those are the two that always make me on edge for the estate pileout, because like, it's super easy to miss. Like, Hunting Grounds, if you can pile estates with it, like eh, you're probably going to win anyway. And like, sure. Baron, I've like, never piled estates with Baron. So. Yeah, I don't. that seems weird to me, too. The, the decks where you want to be playing with Baron, you usually want, like, an estate, because you're drawing it in the Baron every turn. Yeah, or, like, like maybe two if you had two Barons. Right. But, um, like, you normally don't but usually it's empty better the pile, because you start with estates. You know yeah, I mean? it's usually just for the four money. Um, I mean, you can. Like, it. Okay. It, you can play it for the buy and to gain an estate, so if you're, like, super pinched on gains, you could do that, but, like, it's never happened to me. I, and I still think we need to play this out, but, um, because I don't think you oh, appreciate yeah. how good it is, but Ill-Gotten Gains... I don't appreciate how good it is. Ill-Gotten Gains with Baron yeah, estate pile It's up. pretty bad. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty okay. terrible. So Ig Baron Cage match. Let's go. Yeah, let's well, do it. It's going to be ignorable in like most of the games. Right. Anyway. No, I mean we'll it's because IGG is ignorable most of the time. But Ig- that's ignorable. Ah. Ah. Okay, I'm going to go hang myself. But um, <laughs> the, wait, other, <laughs> the other the other bread that I wanted to get to is um, uh, had a little bit of feedback saying uh, that you know a lot of the times the we we sort of defined a split as like. I'm not going to put the best card in my deck just to deny cards to my opponent. Sure. And, like, we talked about situations where that comes up, and and I think uh, the the point didn't quite get across as effectively as I wanted to, that, like, unless it's a village, it's very rare that, like, the card that is important to be split is not already the best card for your deck. And I think that actually showed in this kingdom that we played. Yeah, it definitely did. Because, like, the whole game came down to the highway split, and, like, yes, Highway is just the best card for your deck because there's a plus buy token on it. So, of course, you're just going to do that until they're gone. Right. And, like, what we were getting at, di- making that distinction with splits, uh, really kind of didn't come across because we were talking about cards that are so often the best card for your deck, like Wharf and Grand Market. Like, when we're talking about prioritizing a split in that context, we're talking about buying one when you normally wouldn't just to deny it, and that's kind of where... Sure, we're... like, I mean, caveated it a couple times, but, like, probably should have been done more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say you never think about it and you play better, because, like, I mean, denying villages to an opponent is a pretty stinking big deal, and you gotta do that yeah. sometimes. But uh, that was just a little piece of feedback I wanted to go back and, uh, you know, polish polish that turd. Just yeah, a little bit. just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so you wanna... Uh, why don't turd we read polished. these... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why don't we read these kingdom cards for the uh, for the one last time, yeah? Yeah, so uh, we had a kingdom we were playing with, and uh, again, the theme was important splits. And so we were playing with Necromancer, Apothecary, Highway, Trading Post. Adam's killing something. He killed it. Okay. Uh, trading Post, Farmland, Goons, Encampment, Grand Market, Masquerade, Night Watchman, Seaway and Wall. 
And once more for our audio-only listeners, and also because I apologize, that was nowhere nearly in cost order. Let me try that again. We have Encampment, Apothecary, Necromancer, Highway, Masquerade, Trading Post, Night Watchman, Farmland, and Goons. And Grand Market. And Grand Market. Okay, I, I'm getting a little screwed up here. There's Seaway um, and Wall also, yeah. and I just want to 100% blame the uh, the integration <laughs> of the Kingdom visualizer into the Shuffle It client we for this. We're doing so well <laughs> because it's it's the split piles that it doesn't display properly. And when I make the Kingdom images, because this is the only Kingdom visualizer that exists, uh, the split piles appear right in there, which I don't want. So um, if this bothers you, uh, go complain to the Shuffle It people, and maybe they'll <laughs> fix it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so this one came down to the highway split, yeah? Yeah, so we, we talked about a few things um, and different strategies we might try, and I think that I was a little reticent to say that Highway Seaway was the be-all, end-all. I was wrong. It's the be-all, end-all. Yeah, you do Highway Seaway, and uh, whoever gets more highways is real happy. I don't think you were wrong. I just don't think you like committed as hard as I did, right? I mean, yeah, you I said, mean, like, yeah, this is real good, but Goons is amazing, and, and yes, it is amazing, and yeah. like, Goons Masquerade is here, like, there's a lot of really powerful stuff going on, so. Definitely. I just committed YOLO thinking, kind of, that I was going to be wrong, because Goons. But no. But it was actually kind of right, like, I think yeah. we played maybe five or six games, and most of them were just decided when the highway split happened, and that was y- it. Yeah, we had a couple that we even played out after this point, but there were quite a few games where one of us just resigned, um midway in and like it wasn't i don't think it was unjust like yeah. if your opponent gets seven highways it's gg if your opponent gets six highways it's probably gg it's real tough to win from there i managed to lose with six highways one yeah. time but i'm real bad yeah so. well, not, we talked about this <laughs> you're not bad i'm just amazing it's um fine. <laughs> i was worse than 100 percent of the people i was playing with in that game so um yeah i mean if you go five five highways then things get more interesting and that's when goons gets involved yeah, a lot of the rest of the kingdom gets more involved, I would say. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I don't think farmland's ever good, but, like... and, and <laughs> I, I bought I mean, it once, yeah. And not, like, Trading Post is good in the opener, and, like, Necromancer is... It, it has its place, and Night Watchman yeah. openings were experimented with, but, like, Grand Market starts to become a, a real part of this thing, and so yeah. does Goons. So... Even Plunder makes an appearance. You actually care about keeping encampments in your deck? What um, is this madness? The Night Watchman does make an appearance, but I think it, it only does in the opener, and only sometimes. It depends what you're going for. Yeah, we had disagreed about the opener last time, right? Yeah, we, I was... We I both was, said, like, Masquerade, 100%, you need that. Yeah. But then, like, you wanted to get the Night Watchman, and I thought, like, get a Silver, and... I, I now think that both of those were wrong. I think a Potion Masquerade opening is real good here on the 3-4. Potion Masquerade is the, is the thing that you go for if you don't go for what I was advocating, and that's uh, Masquerade Night Watchman. Um, so first you get the Masquerade, then turn two you get the Night Watchman. It guarantees that you get the Night Watchman turn three. And that's super good, because you know Masquerade's a card you want to play early and often. Um, and also, the Night Watchman cycles you to the Masquerade that much quicker. Um, and then, eventually, you don't want the Night Watchman anymore. You have stuff to pass your opponent with Masquerade. Um, I'm still not convinced. I, I've tried both openers, and the turn three Masquerade is really nice, and being guaranteed it with Night Watchman is super good. So, we never agreed on this. Yeah. I played a number of games against the bot. 
Uh, by the way, uh, bot doesn't get any highways, so <laughs> there's only so much you can really gain from playing the bot. Yeah, the, the bot has a very limited scope on this board. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, I, I built the deck a few times, and I really do like the Apothecary. So, like, I, I certainly think there's an argument to be made for You don't skip Night Apothecary, Watchmen. yeah. I, I think, but, but for an opener, yeah. like, I, I think Night Watchman is arguably a better opener than Silver. I think it's close... But I think the argument for Night Watchman is compelling enough that I'd be willing to give that to you. Because the cycling's super great. Yeah. On the other hand, unless you get totally hosed by your potion draws and your apothecary draws, and sometimes even when you do get hosed, apothecary can provide like the best of Night Watchman, but also the best of that silver, because you don't sure. have to worry about putting extra treasures in your deck in order to hit five, and then hit five again without highway discount, so you yeah. can seaway the thing. Apothecary just kind of does that for you. The trade-off of it being that it's slightly slower just to initially get going, because like the Night Watchman Masquerade, that's going immediately. Like You're already off and running. The Apothecary, you have to buy the potion and then put, the put it in your deck, and then put the Apothecary in your deck and draw it. So yeah, you can get screwed by your draws there. Like, things yeah. can miss shuffles, and that's really bad. And that can be a huge deal on this board, because the highway splits are going really... The highways, the highways are gone, because, like, once somebody gets Seaway Highway, they're just gonna get multiple highways. Yeah, they're just gonzos. Yeah. But, and, and also, you run the risk of your Masquerade not seeing it on, on turn three or four. These yeah. are risks that you run. However, if you don't get screwed by either one of those, you're yeah. really, really far ahead. And I, I think the risk is worth... Also, uh, Apothecary is a good card later on in the deck. Yeah. Because you just want to be playing those highways so that you can get more highways. And Apothecary is, I think, much better than Night Watchman at doing that. Yeah, so that that's fair, B, especially because uh, getting rid of those coppers is something that's really slow to happen here. So, yeah, having something to sift through and make sure that you can get your important cards in hand consistently... That's fair. Um, so, like, the the whole first half of your game is on this board is about maximizing your chance of winning the highway split. And if you do that, you just win. But let's assume that you don't. Let's assume that it goes 6-4 or 5-5. Five, five. It gets real messy. Yeah, and, like, that's where the game... Not that it wasn't interesting before that, but that's where it gets interesting, really. Uh, it's more interesting for sure. And I, I, messy is a great word to describe it. Yeah. Because, like, all of a sudden, Encampment is a really important card to it, not just shove in your deck when you have a spare buy and you want to boost. Yeah, it's it's the only... It's the only village. ...non-terminal, non-stop card here, too. It's the only draw, really. Well, okay. Other than the You say non-terminal, non-stop card. I, I mean, well, fair market is really hard to get unless you magically yeah. open 5-2 and got the T-Post, and Apothecary's hard to get because you kind of want to get rid of the potion. You're buying and, it over you the know, silver. one Necromancer, and it's, but like Village Goons, high. Yeah, yeah, right. It's it's super good, and like getting them really quickly is important. Uh, the game that I lost where I got six highways, I made a really big mistake, and that was that I bought seven grand markets on a huge turn that I had, and what I should have done instead was get a bunch of encampments and goons, because that's what Adam then did to me, and with his four highways, he made it work, and um, because of that, got a point lead and three piled. Yeah, I managed to get, like, four goons in play on one turn. Yeah, and then... And that was enough. To... That the point lead was insurmountable. Right, with only six highways, you couldn't get a whole bunch of points without 
getting a bunch of goons, and that was hard to do. Yeah, especially because the encampments were gone, and... Well, they were gone temporarily, they, yeah. and they ended up back in the supply, but by the time you could get them and play them, I had managed the, to the game was over. limp yeah. across the finish line by piling the game at that point. Yeah. So yeah, all this is on video, and mm-hmm. uh, we had two games that turned into this messy festival here of, uh, yeah. of yeah. Gar- garbage. And uh, you'll you'll get, those are most of the video, too, because yeah. like we said, if one of us wins the highway split, like, eight or two or seven or whatever, um, the that game is just over because yeah. one of us resigns. Because so, all right, that's that's it. Yeah. There's one game where I think one of us tried to make it work it anyway, and it didn't go well. Well, it ended pretty quickly after that. It sure did because uh, I mean, yeah, I think someone oh. had eight provinces or eight highways. Yeah. So um, you might be wondering, is Wall a valid consideration here? And the answer may surprise you. It's no, um, <laughs> because it it just doesn't change what you're doing or. In any way. Well, I mean, you, I'm not going to buy a states because of Wall. You have fewer points when the game is over. That's the only thing that Wall does. You're going to trash with Masquerade. <clears throat> okay, yeah. yeah. Um, there was sense. there was one thing that I did that was kind of interesting, I think. Um, I'm not convinced it was the right play, but it did help me out. I, at one point... Uh, was losing the encampment split by a lot, but I had a bunch of ma- of necromancers in my hand, and I really needed the reliability of encampment. So I trashed an encampment with Zombie Apprentice, and then once an encampment is in the trash, necromancer can always be encampment, and you don't have to put it back uh, because the encampment never has to go back in the pile. It's in the trash and turned face down by necromancer. Uh, fun fact, just that on that little interaction, if uh, if an encampment is in the trash, Necromancer is now Lost City once. It's weird. Um, <laughs> yes, it's exactly the same card as Lost City. Because yeah. when you buy it, your opponent has to draw a card, too. Yeah, no, it's yeah. super good. Yeah. Good card. Lost City is great. And, yeah. and Necromancer only costs four, so it's pretty OP. Yeah, it's real good. And you can still reveal a gold or plunder, so it's strictly better because you have that option. Yeah, no, you get to show your opponent just to psych them out. And yeah. if you do get to do it, you just win. Yeah, so yeah. it's a pretty important interaction with Contraband or, like, Advisor or something. Yeah, definitely. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so, like, a lot of times, uh, if you have a castle, there's a hunting grounds in the castle, and if you manage to uh, kill an animal, then you can make lunch meat out of it. Yeah, um, that sounds about as good as we're going to do. Great, so let's talk about hunting <laughs> yeah. grounds. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's it's a card from the Dark Ages expansion. Yeah. It costs six. It's an action. And it says plus four cards. And then when you trash this, you gain a duchy or three estates. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's got some cool art, too. Neato. I like the guy's got, like, an animal on his head. Yeah. All the cool kids have animals on their head. Yeah. Especially that one. Especially that animal. That animal on that guy's head. Sweet. Yeah. So, uh, Hunting Grounds draws a bunch of cards. That's pretty cool. I love drawing cards. Yeah. It's real good. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's another card that is pretty OP. It's yeah. called Smithy. Yeah. And it does something similar, only it doesn't draw as many cards. And it costs less. Imagine that. It costs a lot less. The reason Smithy is so OP, by the way, is because it costs four. Yeah. That's insane, man. It is super good. Now, like, the first thing you, like, look at with Hunting Grounds is, like, what kind of deck do you put it in? Um, like, it costs six, so, like, and it draws four cards. Where does that fit in, typically? Uh, well, I don't think it's great in big money decks. Yeah. And I think it's for most of the same reasons that, like, a lot of $6 or more cards don't fit into big money. And that's just because, like, they're too expensive, man. 
Like, if I have that much money, first of all, I have to think about buying gold, because I'm playing big money. But, like, I want to have that card in my deck a lot sooner. I want to be able to open with it, or have a shot at getting it on that second shuffle, turn three or turn four. And that's just not realistic with hunting grounds. Yeah, and, and like, we've briefly talked about how big money decks with terminal draw and big money decks without terminal draw, like, just ignoring the kingdom, they, they perform very similarly. Like, there's there's not a huge difference between having terminal draw on a big money deck and not. A lot of the time that a big money deck will decide that Smithy's the best card for it is when it hits four, or, you know, sometimes five. But that's because the next best thing was a silver. And, like... With Hunting Grounds, the next best thing is a gold, and gold is probably the most important card in Dominion for buying a province. Gold is... Consistently. Gold's a really good card. Yeah, it gives you three money. It's, like, better than silver in at least 55% of cases. Yeah, and th that's why, like, you pretty much never see anything at the $6 price point in a big money deck other than gold, because there's just no real thing better than gold for big money. Yeah, so, like, um... It's a terminal draw card. That's because it is terminal. And, yeah. I mean, it does draw <clears throat> cards from your deck. Um, I guess now would be appropriate to point out my own definition of draw, which I think is pretty great. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, draw is a combination of cards that increases your hand size without decreasing your actions remaining. And so these terminal cards that can result in draw, uh, there's a lot of them in the game. Yeah. And, but they require the support of a village. Sure. Something that allows you to play multiple terminals per turn. Otherwise, yes, you've increased the number of cards in your hand, but you, you haven't gotten that other requirement of not decreasing the actions you have remaining. That's really important. And, and I don't think that making stickling on that point is being you know pedantic or create or you know specifying terms that don't need to be specified because you you think about playing a smithy or a hunting grounds you just drew four cards but if there's so many cards but if there are four actions that you can't play it's almost like you didn't draw any cards <laughs> because so your bad. turn is the same as it would have been i play a hunting grounds and i draw a smithy and three hunting grounds yeah it's great <laughs> yeah look at so. all the action cards i've played one. Feels feels pretty bad. Yeah, so like we are assuming in at this point that like you're drawing things that you're able to capitalize on with the hunting grounds. So we've addressed that it's not so good in big money, and that implies that when you buy a hunting grounds, you're gonna be able to draw something other than money with it to get value out of it. Yeah, like the you kinda you need a village, right? Yeah, or so there are there are some other things you could be drawing. Like, there are payload treasures, like, uh, Idol. Yeah, but, like, but I feel like even in that deck, you still want a village. Yeah, fair enough. So, I mean, you know, you, you can draw whatever payload you want. I, deck control cards, like, hunting grounds that, that help you just play whatever payload you have, like, it's, it's what they do, and, and this one just puts a bunch of cards in your hand. That's super great, right? Uh, but, but, you know, I think you really need the village to make that happen. Without yeah. a village, Hunting Grounds uh, is not considered, uh, in, at least in, in my mind, not really considered to be nearly as powerful. Right. But now, four cards is so many cards, man. <laughs> and, like, if you're not understanding why, you know, terminal draw cards can be so good when they have that village support, you think about whatever you'd be drawing into, whether that's you know, festival or swindler, some attack you're playing, whatever it is, like, you want to be doing a lot of it, typically, so you look at the 
option of just buying a bunch of copies of it or playing the ones that you have more often. If the Hunting Grounds is helping you play those other cards more often, it's kind of better in that case than just buying more copies of it. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people have built decks like this and they use Smithy for the draw. And, and if you used Hunting Grounds instead, if you want to compare how those decks feel, you're not going to need to play as many Hunting Grounds to draw the same amount of cards, right? Because Hunting Grounds draws so many freaking cards. And that's that's really great. I mean, Hunting cards, Hunting Grounds is great for that. Um, but I, I don't think that always means, though, that you necessarily put less Hunting Grounds in that deck. Yeah, Hunting Grounds has a very significant and unique reward for something we call overdraw. So even without that on trash benefit. Yeah. Like overdraw is pretty good because you want to have maybe one or two copies extra of hunting grounds in your deck just to make sure you start your hand with one or you find it early enough on. Sure, that's fair too. And that yeah. goes back to the the concept of cycling, spamming being good, right? Yeah. Having more copies makes it more reliable. In the extreme case, I need to play a hunting grounds to draw my deck, but I only have the one. If I don't yeah. find that hunting grounds, uh, you know my turn's a lot worse. Yeah. So, so having two hunting grounds in that deck, even if I only need to play one to draw it, is going to make my deck a lot more reliable, and, and that can be worth it most of the time. And and that does scale. You maybe want one or two extra copies of the card. Yeah, and you'll notice that we compared it to Smithy at the beginning for a reason. Everything we've said about Hunting Grounds so far can be said as well about Smithy, pretty much. But like three-fourths as much. Right, and and also something like, you know, Patrol or Journeyman, any of the terminal draw variants, and we just wanted to give some... five-sixths as much. Right. (laughs) Um, So, But, like, we wanted to give some notes on that, just about terminal draw in general. There's some things unique to Hunting Grounds as well, and I think that, in general... There's this concept of overdraw being something of an inefficiency, right? Yeah, so overdraw is when you you would draw a card, but you don't have any more cards left, so you've kind of wasted the yeah. opportunity to maybe have a card in your hand that would help your turn. And if you're doing that with smithies, like if you're playing festivals and smithies, what have you, and you're already drawing your deck and you have two smithies left, and left you probably don't buy another smithy because you're not getting as much value out of that as you would just buying something you want to draw with the smithy. Sure. So you you do have to be a lot more scrutinous of your overdraw on a deck like that, and I think less so with the Hunting Grounds. Yes, uh, partially because uh, the, the Hunting Grounds has, you know, if it has some kind of trashing with it, it has another option for end game positioning. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously there's the on trash benefit. It gives you points for trashing it. So something like Remodel or anything in that family is going to be super good because you're going to have this leftover hunting grounds that you didn't need to draw your deck. And yeah. this type of deck that invests enough money to buy extra copies of this $6 card is going to be well served by being able to score a lot of points in the end of the game by doing something like this. Yeah, so like you look at uh, a deck that... Let's assume that you and your opponent are like playing at the same skill level, and your your draws have been about the same. And your opponent, but one of you is named Adam Horton. Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, your opponent uh, goes ahead and builds the deck that buys that one province per turn, and he gets it online a little earlier. And you spend a little more time with the hunting grounds and the trashing, and what have you. So, like, you both have a similar point potential in that case because. He is up a province on you, probably, but then you have the ability to 
uh, get the duchies with the hunting grounds. So you've both got the same potential, but his deck is much less reliable than yours in that case. Uh, yeah, so like there's there's this idea of a reliability boost, and I think that also ties into uh, the fact that you're overdrawing, right? Yeah. Um, and so even if you... It, like It also has this synergy with uh, mid-turn gainers, even yeah. if they're not those remodelers, but like... Um, just, just something like a workshop of silver in, in the base, in the in the easiest case. Sure. Like, if I don't have to have that silver in my deck to start off with, then that's one less stop card that I don't have to draw until I have my whole deck in my hand, and then I can just play that other hunting grounds and just draw these silvers. Yeah. So there's the there's the gain-and-play synergy, there's the remodeler synergy, and I gotta be honest with you, like, hunting grounds, I really like that card because it's such a simple card, yeah. but, like, it has that elegance of, like, wait a second... Plus four cards, cost six, gain a duchy, win trash. Like, you have to kind of look at it and squint your eyes a little bit to see that, like, wait a second, these are all on the same card for the same reason. Right. And then then you just feel like you've transcended. You just, like, reach this form of enlightenment by discovering that. You start to hear this humming in the back of your head, and you wish that it would stop, but you know that it won't, and you realize that the humming is screaming. And then, and then you, uh, your mom tells you that it's tinnitus, which she's had all of her life, and genetically, you're probably going to get it too, and then you just embrace it, and you're like, oh, hunting grounds is great. That's what it's like to play hunting grounds, yeah. Yeah, so, like, the, the hunting grounds uh, has those two endgame uh, positioning options, and the other thing that it lets you do is have the ability to pile estates really quickly, which we alluded to at the beginning of the episode. I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, you kind of need, like, three hunting grounds in your hand that you didn't play but like do it on one turn. But it can happen. <laughs> I mean, you're probably going to win the game no matter what you do at that point. Sure. But that is one of the more stylish ways to win the game. Yeah, definitely. So for, for all you Timmies and Johnnies out there, yeah, take notes, man. Yeah, so um, we we got hunting grounds, and we had a little bit less to say about it than we do about this next topic. Oh, yeah. um, but we did want to get it out of the way. Out of the way? I mean, we like hunting grounds. I like hunting grounds. I said that the wrong way, yeah. I mean, if you ask me which one I prefer, castles or hunting grounds, I actually like hunting grounds. Yeah? Yeah. There's, but there's less to say about it in total. Sure, and that's part of why I like it. It's an yeah, it's elegant an elegant design. Simplicity. Yeah, yeah. So wow, good. I hear the humming. Yeah. <laughs> Should I take my shirt off? Yeah. So you're gonna have to take your shirt off probably quite a bit for oh, this yeah. next discussion because well, it's uh, warm outside today, so that's cool. We're getting into castles. Yeah. yeah. Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Uh, yeah. Castles of Burgundy. Castles Divergen von Bergen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shadows over Camelot. That doesn't have the word castle in it. Oh. Um, well, there's, there's a castle in the game. There's plenty of Euro games that have the word castle in them. They're cool. like all based in the same time period. Of like yeah, 1400s Germany. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like Dominion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the castles pile is a victory point pile that came in the Empire's expansion, and all of the cards in it are different in their text and cost. Yeah, but they're all victory point cards. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of have some little synergy with each other. Uh, they're ordered by cost, so the cheap ones are on the top, and the expensive ones are on the bottom. And they're in the same order every time. Unlike, say, knights, which is the other pile like that, they, yeah. they get randomized. Yeah. These are always in ascending cost order. Right. 
So, um, I mean, when, when we talk about them individually, we're going to read the text of all of them, but uh, I think, I think it's, uh, it behooves us a little bit to just say some generic uh, things about the castle pile as a whole. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. then uh, and we can dive into the specifics. So, um, it's a big stack of VP cards, right? Yeah. I mean, they're point cards. Uh, I, think the, uh, I think the comparison to Duchy and Duke yeah. is somewhat relevant, because it's similar in some ways, it's different in other ways... And those ways that it's similar and different can be enlightening for how to think about, like, how good yeah. this is. I mean, all the alt-VP typically has some kind of uh, tie-in with something else you're doing in the kingdom. Yeah, so, so like, Duchy Duke is sort of the, the classical example. It's been around for a while. And uh, chances are, if you've played some Dominion at all, you've probably played many games with Duchy and Duke. Yeah. You know what it feels like to play that deck. Um so, so how are they similar? Uh, well, it's a it's a lot of points, right? Um, yeah. And a lot of times you want to go for it, uh, and and it gets stronger when it's not contested, right? If I have eight duchies, then my dukes are worth a lot more, and that's really good for me. But if I only have four duchies, then my dukes are not as good, and maybe I want to get some provinces. Sure. And so it's similar with castles. The castles have synergy with each other. Yeah, and also like Duchy Duke, uh, the in terms of the contesting. Even though it is stronger uncontested, it also takes longer to get to your goal of uh, ending the game in the Duchy Duke scenario yeah. or of getting to the high point castles in the castles scenario. Sure. I mean, once the castles pile is empty, that's just one pile, <clears throat> and the game's not necessarily over. So that is a key difference. Yeah. I mean, well, difference between that and provinces, but also Duchy Duke at least empties two of the piles from you when all those points are gone. Yeah, so we get into that... Uh, comparison to Duchy Duke and Castles, and one of the things that you think about is would you go for them in a one-card kingdom? That's just all the supply cards, uh, the the money cards and the point cards from the base set, but also this extra pile. And in Duchy Duke, you probably would. You you definitely do it. There's been simulations done where, like, it beats the pants off of a province pile. Even, Even the province player who, like, does a token effort to contest it most of the time it ends up with, like, the province player has some provinces, and the duchy player has six duchies to three, and then it's like, they have kind of a similar deck, only the duchy duke player's provinces cost five, because they're dukes. Right. It's, yeah, it's really powerful. Whereas the castles pile, I think it's a little more arguable whether or not you would go for that in a one-card kingdom. If it's just the supply cards plus castles? Yeah, I think it's tough, like, I... I'm not totally convinced one way or the other, and I think simulation might be needed, which I'm not going to do. But, like, my gut says you probably don't go for it. Now, failing simulation, I think we can at least do some basic math to figure out what the perfect, quote-unquote, examples of these would be. Like, in a vacuum, I'm talking about comparing somebody who gets all the provinces to comparing somebody who gets all the castles versus Dutchie games. Yeah, Yeah, in in a two-player game. So, if... You, coming back to Duchy Duke, uh, get all the duchies and all the dukes. Uh, you have 104 points. That's so many points. And if you ignored provinces entirely and your opponent gets all eight of them, they got 48. <laughs> Good for them, man. Yeah. And you win that game. So yeah. let's take that to castles as well. You get all of the castles. You have about 45 points. It's variable, which we'll get to. Yeah, but token. You, you have about 45 points. And you spent eight buys on that, and your opponent spent eight buys on all the provinces and got 48 points. You lose that game. So that 
of course, doesn't happen, right? <laughs> like, those perfect splits we're talking about, they don't actually occur, but it's worth noting to maybe understand how much support these cards need to quote-unquote beat province, or beat somebody who's focused on province. How much support do you need for castles to be a consideration versus when you might go for something like dukes? Yeah, and if I'm going to go for a different source of VP, and your source of VP is stronger when completely uncontested, <coughs> then of course I'm going to be smart and do some amount of contesting that pile. Yeah. And so there's a little more detail we'll go into in a minute, because it's, I mean, it feels a little different than, than Duchy Duke, the way you contest it. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't realistically expect to get all of those VP, even if you're mostly going uncontested, even if your other guy is going for provinces. Right. So, like, also, it's worth noting, compared to Duchy Duke, we look at, like, uh, it was easier to get them, too. Like, the castles pile goes a little quicker than, like, the duchies and the dukes. So, if you actually look at it in terms of number of points per buy on green cards, uh, provinces, you obviously get six points per buy. Uh, Castles, you get like 5.62-ish points per buy. That's assuming that you're getting all of them again. And the Duchy Dukes get 6.5. But the difference is that the uh, castles are probably the fastest depleting pile in that case. So that, I mean, that's that's useful, right? It's, it's actually a decent metric to see, like, the value that you're getting even when uncontested. Uh, and it, it does... Uh, it does leave out an important part of the equation. Yeah. The fact that uh, Duchy Dukes cost five, and that's yeah. real cheap. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, yes, the deck you build to get the Duchy Dukes is going to look a lot different than the deck you build to get the other stuff, but generally speaking, like, getting a $5 card is not that hard, even if you have to get more of them. Right, and of course, there are a million asterisks by this uh, comparison just by nature, because again, those splits aren't what you expect to happen. For sure. This is just... A metric of the uh, vacuum potential of it, so you know how much support a kingdom needs for these to be viable. For sure, and also like if you're really familiar with how good Duchy Duke is, I mean, right. it's a point of comparison. Like, it's not as efficient of a point source, and yeah. it does cost more. Well, I mean, the kind the, of. the castles start at three, but like they get it to ten. And, and really, it's the expensive ones that you have to build your deck to hit, because, like, yeah. you've already put these other victory cards in your deck, and it's like, oh, how am I going to hit 10? Well, that, that deck looks a lot different than a deck that just aims to hit 5 a whole bunch, even when it's got a bunch of crap in it. Yeah, and even that looks um, different than the deck that's just trying to get all the provinces, which yeah. is just trying to hit 8 early and often. Now, I'd say the deck that's trying to get a bunch of provinces is pretty similar to the deck that is trying to deplete castles, which is why you will often see uh, in a castles game, when castles are strong, both player the game is still decided by provinces, I'd say. Sure. Uh, I think a lot of times, uh, if you go for just castles as your source of points, oh, you're going you're to be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, you kind of need to have some points coming from somewhere else. I think that's yeah. definitely a thing. Fortunately, the deck that can get the castles can also get the provinces. Imagine that! Yeah. Golly <laughs> gee willikers! Uh, there, there is a one key difference. So, like, some of the some of the specific abilities on castles that I will call out later. Uh, yeah. They like to they like to have you draw a lot of cards. Yeah. Uh, you can make the most out of them when you're drawing a lot of cards. <clears throat> drawing a lot of cards helps you hit those big price points after you have a bunch of crap in your deck. Yeah. But uh, and it also helps you hit you know 
price points. If there's plus buy, get multiple of the small smaller castles yeah. on one turn. That's also a thing. Uh, but drawing cards and going for castles. I'm thinking of drawing cards and draw. You know, meaning in that sense that I talked about earlier, like really drawing card drawing cards instead of just the terminal draw. That's the kind of support that really shines in a castle deck. You're going to be able yeah. to just suck up all of these castles into your belly and just have them sit there and be worth points. Yeah, there aren't actually too many qualitative differences between a deck that is playing what we call big money or just trying to focus down the provinces versus a deck that's doing that with castles as well. But the castles deck, like Adam has alluded to, is maybe ha- trying to have bigger turns. Yeah, uh, and bigger individual turns than a deck that's just trying to hit eight all the time. And the fact that there's another stack of VP there available yeah. pushes you to build a little bit more and invest more into maybe drawing all of sure. your deck and putting better cards in your deck. So that's the kind of situation that makes castles a lot better. And I think yeah. that's more so than a card like Duchy Duke, even though it's true there, even more than a card like Fairgrounds. Yeah, definitely. Now, we have spent some time talking about the castles as a point source and how that positions you to actually win the game. But the, where castles really shine is something else we've alluded to, which is their utility. What do they do for you um, as you're buying them and as you're playing this deck that has them in it? Sure. Uh, so I, I think we can go down the list here and, and talk about the individual castles at this point? Sure. Now, like when we talk about each individual castle, it's kind of big money focused in nature, right? Like I think like when you talk about the castles, we're talking about their impact and generating money for you. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't like to... I like to be free from the shackles of restriction, <laughs> man. When I talk about my castle, I want to talk about my castle, bruh. I don't want to be... Thi- anyway, I don't really... Yeah, Humble not, Castle. Yeah, so we're going We're going to go in cost order. Uh, Humble Castle is the one that is always on top, and it costs three. Yeah. costs three, and it's a treasure also. Yeah. It's worth a dollar when you play it. It's a copper. Uh, it's a three dollar... Copper, but it's yeah. worth a victory point for every castle that you have. Yeah, so don't do it. I mean, well, I <laughs> don't mean, open with it. <laughs> right, don't open with it. I mean, you, yeah. if you're going for castles, you probably want yeah. this right because you're hoping to have a lot of castles. In if you if you open with this, you have broadcast very loudly to your opponent. I am going for castles this game. This is what I am doing. And you also put a bad card in your deck. Yeah, and like so, like. Both this one and the last one that, like, multiplied based on the castles are the most, I think, committal to saying, I'm focusing on castles this game. Yeah. Uh, so don't open with it. I'd say no. Um, maybe if you get to trash your hovel? Maybe? Huh. Huh? Um, so, man, I, man uh... your opening buys, don't buy a copper. Just don't do it. Please. Yeah. You're okay. better than this. Yeah. We love you. All right. Uh, we care. <laughs> yeah. Here on make, uh, Making Luck. A caring okay. podcast. So you opened Humble Castle, even though we told you not to. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And okay, it's your next turn, and you hit for. Oh my god! Don't buy Humble Castle. Don't buy Crumbling Castle too. No. You put two green cards into your deck. You opened Humble Crumble. Uh, that's not. Oh no! No, don't do that. Uh, okay, so you want to read the text of Crumbling Castle? Yeah. So it's a four dollar castle. It's worth a point. And then when you gain or trash it, you get a VP token, and you also gain a silver. And this is the awkward middle child of the castle deck. Uh, Crumbling Castle is pretty good to trash, right? Because yeah. um, if you're not caring about the the humble castle and the other one that cares about how many 
castles you have, yeah. then, like, the VP token makes up for the fact that you lost a point to trash it. And, hey, I got a silver! A silver's a great card, man! Yeah, I mean, like, assuming you are gonna trash it, which, you know, you are, uh, probably, hopefully, um... Unless you need the points. You're not at, you're not at the point in the stack yet where you're thinking about contesting castles, which is a concept we'll get to later, but, um... The you, you bought a silver basically, and in return for getting this point token, you also had to put a card in your deck that's dead. I, yeah, and then you trash it and you get another silver. Yeah, and a point. So I mean, that's not great. Yeah, so you really, I mean, you want to trash it. Right? The the idea behind Crumbling Castle is that it's the intended target of the next castle. Yeah, that's so... the. I think the whole point of Crumbling Castle is that you also get the next one. That's. Uh, I certainly think that's where it's best. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the next one is Small Castle. It's a $5, it's an action victory castle. It's worth two points, and it says, trash this or a castle from your hand. If you do, gain a castle. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this is almost always the most important castle when castles are good. I don't think you're very much out on a limb. I think that's definitely the most important castle. Yeah. I just think you're right about this one. Sweet! Yeah. I love being right on my limbs. Yeah, well, right, when, oh. when you agree with me, I mean, a lot of times you're going to be right. Um, yeah, I said it first. You're agreeing with me. Um, <laughs> Alright, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, uh, oh, by the way, I, I don't know if we mentioned, Crumbling Castle itself is worth a point. Um, I did. Okay, small castle itself is worth two points. That's, that's twice as many points. Yeah, so you're already twice as good as Crumbling Castle. <laughs> and it only costs five. I guess. I mean, yeah. if you don't um, count the VP tokens, but we're well, not. I don't. Yeah, yeah. No, those um, don't count. Those yes. don't matter till the end of the game. So, small castle, <laughs> there's probably the most to say about this one, right? I think, like, there's more to say about small castle than any other castle individually. Sure. Uh, I mean, the, the, big, the big thing you have to get through in order to make castles good is the fact that you have to put a bunch of green cards in your deck and then hit big price points to buy the expensive castles. Yeah. And small castle seems like the best way to deal with that. Yeah, because you get to just... Uh, like, you probably are saving it for Sprawling, Grand, or King's Castle, which are the 8, 9, and 10 ones. 10 the expensive ones, ones yeah. Yeah. Like and the like, longer you can hold on to this thing, the more value it's going to get because the uh, more expensive a castle it's going to pick up for you. Now, if you have the opportunity to trash other castles with it before you have to trash it, that's usually something you take it up on. It's, it's probably fine. Like, like unless you're going to like keep every castle close to your bosoms and yeah. like, treasure them forever. Go, go for that forty-five point ideal. Yeah. Like I'm getting all the castles and forty-five points. Yeah, like, yeah. Unless you're gonna do that, like normally yeah. you, you probably want to trash some other castle. Like Crumbling Castle's great. Yeah, trashing maybe, Crumbling Castle is almost a no-brainer. Like you just do that. If you maybe can. not the humble, but like pretty much any other castle, I'd be decently happy to trash. Yeah, if I'm upgrading. Yeah, definitely. Castle. I think the next one we're gonna talk about, Haunted Castle, is a big trash target for it too. Yeah, those, those are the other ones, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, the cheaper ones are better to trash, because in general they're worth less points. That's yeah, cool. and I'd say, like, even if you had intended to ignore castles, like, you, you think castles are not very good and you see your opponents buying them, if you see small castle, I think you probably buy it, just to, if nothing else, then to deny it to your opponent, and some of the castles are going to be good for you later. Yeah, when when we get back to how to contest castles and how that goes, I yeah. mean, we're gonna we're gonna come back to this one because small castles usually the big one. Yeah, I mean even whoever's going for castles or not going for castles, like small castle is important enough and just good enough. Yeah, that it usually becomes the focal point. Yeah, so the next castle is um, um, one one moment. <laughs> I just want to point out something we need to later. Um, uh, I, yeah, just a minute. So like a lot of times I see people buy the small castle and then the next time they see it. They're like, 
uh, oh, okay, I'll play this, I'll trash it, and I'll get the Haunted Castle. So sometimes, that's... Don't, don't do that. That's rarely a good play. Don't do that. A lot of the time, you want to hang on to the small castle and get a really good castle later. Yeah. Um, there are... Now, if you bought small castle just to contest it, like if you bought, if you bought small castle just so your opponent doesn't get it, sure. you don't care. You just play it whenever, and sure. you get whatever's on top. Sure. You just denied it to your opponent. Yeah, but like unless you're doing that, like if you actually care about the castles, yeah. don't don't do that. And and I wanna, I just wanna just put a put a pin right here and say I pretty that, much never. Yeah, they're very few. It's very rare that I advocate that. Yeah, but I, I want to just put a pin right here and remember remember a while ago when I said that having a lot of draw was good for castles. This is case number one where that's good because it helps you line your small castle up with another castle that you want to trash. And yeah, that's when you get the best out of small castles. So this is case number one where draw makes castles good. Yeah, and the idea that you're going to buy crumbling castle and then buy small castle and then with no other support than that expect to line them up is expecting a lot out of your draws. And I'm just saying if that doesn't happen to you, don't get assholes. Yeah, don't don't get ticked off. That wasn't gonna happen. You don't deserve it. Um, <laughs> yeah, remember because if you lose at Dominion, you're bad. You're bad. <laughs> Yeah. Unless you listen to the podcast. Yeah, and then you're, you're be- you did all you could. You did your um, best, yeah. and it wasn't good enough, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, Haunted Castle. Yeah, the next one's Haunted Castle, and this one costs six. And yeah, it's I'll, I'll read it. So interesting. It's a, it's a $6 right? castle. It's worth two points. It says, when you gain this during your turn, gain a gold, and each other player with five or more cards in hand puts two cards from their hand onto their deck. Most of the time, that's ghost ship. But if you urchin them first, (laughs) anyway, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm going to take issue with that a little bit. I don't think this is ghost ship because the 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 attack is it's similar. But the thing about ghost ship is that top in top decking attacks in general are infinitely stronger if you play them in succession with each other. And haunted castle Uh, only has the potential to go off one time. So it's like a ghost ship. But it trashes itself when you play it. Yeah, exactly. It's just like that. Yeah, it's just but it like it also that. doesn't draw two cards. Yeah. And it costs six, and it doesn't on gain, and it's worth and, it points, and it gives you gold. And yeah. But other than that, it's the same thing. I'd say it's really more comparable to Militia. It's because, like a more annoying Militia. Yeah, because the entire point of the ghost ship spam is that on top of uh, on top of spaghetti reducing your hand size. It's all covered with cheese. Yeah, all yeah. all of that. Sorry, on top of on top of reducing your hand size, it's also slowing down your cycling, and it only really does that in a way that's not necessarily advantageous if you're hitting them with it consistently. That's not going to happen with Haunted Castle. Yeah, it's it's more just like a militia that's making a funny face at you as he pokes you with his stick. Yeah, or like maybe a militia that kind of looks like Guy Fieri. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Guy Fieri the militia. Um, I, I don't have anything more to say about Haunted Castle. Well, so um, you're you're buying a lot of the time you buy it, and really you're buying a gold. Okay. Like that's the that's the real thing you're doing is buying the gold because it costs six, and like the sure. benefit of attacking your opponent is worth putting the Haunted Castle in your deck. That's a no brainer if you're going for castles. Even um, when you're not, though, it still seems okay. Yeah, yeah. It, like if you're not going for it, instead of just buying a gold, I think like. Like, some kind of trash for benefit needs to be worth it to to make that. I mean, if I'm contesting castles and I don't want them in my deck, then yes, trash for benefit's going to be good. Yeah. Um, um, that's that's true for just about any pile. If sure. I'm going to contest it and I don't want it in my deck. Hey, if I can trash, trash it, woo! 
<laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's haunted castle. Yeah. Uh, the next one is opulent castle. Yeah. So, it's the seven uh, cost. Oh, haunted castles were two points. Yeah. I said that, man. I'm on this, brah. Oh, sorry. I'm so good at reading things. This is great. Yeah, so Opulent Castle, is uh, it's worth three points, and it's an action victory castle. It says discard any number of victory cards, plus $2 per card discarded. And all the castles are victory cards, so it has that synergy. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to argue that it has less synergy with the castles pile than it looks like it has. Yeah. This is, this is a card that looks like, oh my god, it's in a pile of victory cards that you have a bunch of, and you can discard them. But, like, bear in mind that almost half of the castles and the cool stuff they do want you to have the castles in your hand, or have a hand of victory cards to do it. Almost half of them? Yeah, three out of eight. But Opulent's one of them. Yeah. So... So if you're really comparing it to two out of eight, right? Almost half. So you're thinking yeah. of small castle. Yeah. Or two out of seven. But, like, there's there's small castle, so you yeah. don't have to discard all of them, right? Yeah. So that's fine. And then, I guess, grand castle, which we'll get to. So, yeah. like, don't trip over yourself. But, like, I guess it's okay. Tri- yeah. I, I guess don't the one- overvalue up on castle. Sure. I guess the one thing I have to say about this is this is this is pin number two, where a draw is really good. Because if I can draw yeah. Opulent Castle and a whole bunch of other green, then woo, I get my value out of Opulent Castle, and I'm so happy. Sure. Yeah. That's dream scenario, right? Well, I mean, draw helps you get there. Yeah. So draw's good. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, we did. We, we established that. Yep. It's great. Moving on? Yep. Sprawling Castle. It's the eight-cost castle. Yeah. So this one's worth four points. It yeah. says, when you gain this, gain a duchy or three estates. And that's, that's the awesome. theme of this episode. Yeah. Gain a duchy or three estates. Yeah, this is we, that was the only unifying theme that we wanted to cover, and we've just picked the two effects that do that. Yeah, not the fact that, like, you know, Hunting Grounds being a strong draw card might have synergy with castles that I've been harping on. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's definitely not that. Yeah, so... A pile of points, right? So this is a castle, and I think that's <laughs> the main thing about it, and you'd probably rather not get the duchy with it, no matter what situation you're in, but, like... I mean, it's, I'd, rather it's happening. This, I'd rather have this one be worth seven instead of give me another card. Sure, it's bad, yeah. I guess. Um, but, like, the, the expensive castles, it's at the end of the game when you get them, so, like, of course you just want them to be worth a bunch of points. And so here yeah. we are! They're worth points. Yay! Um, yeah, so I will say that if you're not going to shuffle your deck again before the end of the game... Get and... the three estates! No, <laughs> no. no, no. Uh, but, like, if, if you don't care what's in your deck or you're overdrawing or what have you... This is strictly better than province in that scenario because it's seven points. I guess, yeah, yeah. It so costs eight. You whether get seven points for it, what, whether or not you you're quote unquote going for castles, like you need to assume that your opponent's probably going to buy this one. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Seems seems okay. So yeah, grand castle uh, costs nine, <clears throat> and it's worth five points. It says when you gain this, reveal your hand. You get a VP token for every victory card in your hand or in play. Actually, it says and or in play, but I'm just using the inclusive or. Sure. So yeah, it's five points, and then you get some victory point tokens. Yeah, and you might get... I think that, like, you're lucky if you get two off it, in my experience. Yeah, seems about right. Although, uh, this is this is pin number three. Draws good here, right? Yeah, if you can draw a bunch of cards and set up a big play with it. I have before gotten eight off of it, and that's my record. Oh, the... F- that um, probably feels so good. Yeah, that was that game. I was actually... You were there. I was playing with Jessica, and I almost won, but then I bought a curse at the end 
because <laughs> I would, thought I was going to win anyway, and I lost because I bought the curse. Nice. It was great. Um, Did that have, like, nobles in it or something? Uh, yeah, I don't remember, but, um, right. yeah, so you, I think, are, base, most of the time you're getting a VP chip off it, if that, making it a nine-cost province. But it's a castle, and that's the main reason you're buying it. Sure, by this point, you just want a bunch of points. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's not a lot to say about it other than that end of story. Yep. All right, so King's Castle. Yeah. This one costs 10, and it's worth 2 VP for every castle you have. This is the big, that's the big goal of the castles. Like, in a two-player game, this can be worth 16 points, and that's a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not going to be, but it could be worth that, right? Sure. I mean, this is why contesting the castles is good. Yeah. Because if you have Humble and you have King's Castle, then uh, every castle you have is worth 3 extra points. So, on top of whatever points the castle is worth by itself... Uh, sure. You're denying your opponent three extra points. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Like, I think most often the king's castle is probably going to be worth eight for uh, the person who gets it. That's usually my experience. I think if you can't make this worth 12 VP, then why are you going for castles? Unless, like, yeah, in a well, mirror. You unless force your opponent to contest you on Unless it. they commit super hard. Yeah. If it's worth more than eight, if, if you get the king's castle and it's worth more than that, you're in a really good place, I'd say. So I think, I mean, this is the reason why you're going for castles, because this is a lot of points, and, like, if you, if you don't get this, if, you, if your deck can't hit 10 after putting all the castles in it, and there aren't enough castles in it to make this worth a lot of points, then, like, you should question, hey, why am I going for castles? That's, that's a decent metric, if you can kind of envision the way things are going to go. That is fair. I will say, though, that the castles, I want to stress again... Those games where both players are contesting castles, they're usually still decided by provinces in that particular split, in my experience. So you need to go for provinces as well, yeah. Yeah, so the person who gets the king's castle, that's a metric for whose deck was better equipped for it, but losing the king's castle really isn't the end of the world if you're going for castles. Like, if you don't get it, that doesn't mean you've lost. It just... I mean, means just that, sucks, right? Yeah, it just kind of sucks. You want it, but... Uh, I'd say that if you're able to buy King's Castle, no matter what situation you're in, if King's Castle presents itself, whether or not you've put any castles in your deck, you probably are going to buy it. Yeah, so, like, it, let's say that there's one guy who has some castles, and there's another guy who has less castles. And so, if one of them hits 10, uh, if you assume that the castles are going to run out, and you also assume the provinces are going to run out, then you think about, like, oh, I'm denying this many points to my opponent, which is usually about 16, or maybe 14 if there's a castle in the trash. Sure. doesn't really matter who has the castles, but that's yeah. that's the amount, that's the swing, right? It's either a 16 or 14-point swing. That's a big and, swing. And maybe that province that you would have gotten is a 12-point swing, because if they would have gotten the king's castle, now they're getting a province instead. So this is like a 2-4 to four point difference, yeah. And so a lot of times if you have the 10, sure, get the king's castle. Now, that's assuming that, you know, I'm not the province player and I haven't decided that the way I win this game is to empty the provinces. Maybe just emptying the provinces is more important than getting that two to four points extra. Yeah, I'd say that if you're not going for castles and your opponent is, sometimes the win condition on the castles player is going to be to empty the castle, to empty the provinces before king's castle even presents itself. 
Sure. That's uh, a lot of times you see someone building more, and they yeah. they decide, oh well, I'm going to need some additional points beyond the provinces. They go for the castles because they have some utility, so you get them yeah. first. And so that that situation comes up a lot. And this is kind of a nice segue into contesting castles. Yeah, I mean, contesting king's castle is a thing you can do, but I think that's especially if there's rare. trash for benefit. Yeah. One time I got to ritual away. I, I had bought no castles except for king's castle, and I got to ritual it. I bet that felt good. Better than sex. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just saying. All right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I won't comment any further on that. I think <laughs> there's some other castles that are probably a little better to contest, right? Yeah. I think it's important to talk about what we mean when we say contesting, right? Getting some castles so that your opponent doesn't get all of them. Like, like it's yeah. kind of a important split. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and specifically... We mean, like, you're buying it when you, like, otherwise wouldn't. When you otherwise would have bought something else at that price point. And the primary reason for doing it was to keep your opponent from getting it. Like, King's Maybe Castle. Maybe some other source of points you would have gotten. Sure. Yeah. Or, like, a better card for your deck. Like, you see Small Castle, and you're like, I really want a wharf, but my opponent's going for castles. Having this is a good thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think small castle, as we talked about earlier, that's it's going to be the one that's yeah. uh, the best. I mean, it has the most utility. You can trash the small castle. You can just drain another castle from the supply, yeah. denying those points to your opponent. So that's pretty good. That's the awesome thing about if you're contesting castles, getting the small castles, because not only did you deny them the small castle, you also deny them another castle of your choice later someday. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think small. Small is probably the best one. Yeah. Uh, the ones around there, the the crumbling, the one that gives you silvers when you gain or trash it, or the haunted, uh, the one that gives you a gold when you gain it. Like, yeah. It does have other abilities besides just being worth points. So those are going to be better for other decks that aren't just going straight for castles, right? The haunted castle, definitely. I question the idea of contesting using crumbling castle. My reasoning for that being that... Like, silver sucks? What are you trying to say? No, no, no. The silver's good. You, you oh, want the okay. on-gain effect, but, like, you're just not far enough into the pile to talk about contesting castles. Your opponent really hasn't committed that hard to them yet, and, like, putting the crumbling castle in your deck at that point to reveal the small castle to a player who's going for castles... I question the. I question that. Really All right, know. that's fair. Uh, I was gonna try and come up with some edge case argument, like, well, it's a three player game. Yeah, and in a three player game. There are I two know. humble castles. I am not talking about three player games. And there ever. are two small <laughs> castles, and so you can get. Yeah, but then, like, why are you the patsy that's contesting <laughs> the castles? Because the third guy's just gonna win, right? Yeah, right. So, like, I I think that like. By the time we talk about contesting castles, I think we're usually past the small castle. I think we're usually past the crumbling castle. We're like, we're by like the time. at the small castle. Yeah, when you really should start thinking about it because it's right. so freaking. Your good. opponent went humble crumble, and then you hit five, <laughs> and you're like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna win now. All right, um, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, so good old humble crumble. Yeah. Uh, so what are the other ones that you will usually see contested? Not. Humble Castle. Not Humble Castle. That's not contesting, no. That's, that's about it. I mean, a Humble yeah. Castle is basically, like, if I've decided that, like, I'm not going to go for castles, then why am I going to be the first one to do it? Like, I'm just counting yeah. on my opponent to just, like, oh, well, I didn't get the Humble Castle. Let's just go for it! Yeah. Like, that's, no. That's you don't count on your opponent making a mistake, yeah? I did kind of, I did kind of set you up uh. for that one. I'm glad that... Feels good. Yeah, it feels so good. Yeah. Um, the, so, like, the other big one, and we've kind of alluded to this earlier, we've 
kind of even just said it earlier, but King's Castle again, like even if you have bought zero other castles throughout and it's worth two points, I think you buy it if you can. In a like, two-player game, like those, those points are somewhere, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Even if the, even if you aren't getting all of the points, yeah. like uh, you're denying those points to your opponent. Yeah. So it's like <clears throat> secret points. Yeah. As long as those castles aren't in the trash. Yeah, and the two before that are basically just buying a province. They're they're yeah. very similar to it. Yeah, yeah it's true. So uh, we have gone into some of the uh, different aspects of castles what it's like to play with them and reading how much each player is quote-unquote going for them. Um, we want to decide if you want to do that, right? Like, what side of that you want to be on. Uh, so when are castles quote-unquote bad or good? Well, when you have a lot of draw, they're good. Yeah? And you want some points. Yeah, I'm putting bad and good in quotation marks. Oh. Because... I don't know what that means. What, what I mean by that... <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is that, like... You don't really usually start a game saying, I'm going for castles this game, or I'm not going for, or I'm ignoring castles. A game of dominion. Yeah. Because, like, you're you're kind of just looking at the castle that's available at the time and deciding based on this other information that you have whether or not it's a good idea to buy it. Okay, I'm looking at Humble Castle. I do uh, that sometimes. <laughs> I'm Yeah, in the opening of the game, no. Um, like, unless I'm trashing my hovel, and that's the only way to do it. All right, it's turn um, five. It's turn 5.5. Yeah, it's turn five. I'm not it's buying a humble 55. castle. Like, I mean, once once I've gotten to a point where, like, I have a bunch of draw and buys, I might start buying the castle pile if it hasn't right. already been started on. Nice. Because then, you know. Nice arena. I'm putting pressure on my opponent to contest them, or I just win. Sweet arena. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Like, I think it's important to understand that tactic. usually castles are, are tactical, not strategic. As well. Hashtag tactical castles. Hashtag ta- tactical. Making luck. A tactical podcast. Yeah. A tactical castle podcast. So deciding whether or not castles are going to be, like, good or bad in terms of how they function comes down to that utility, because the point total doesn't exceed province the way that Duchy Duke does. Mm. So, like... When you're talking about whether or not castles are viable, you're talking about for, like, what are they doing in the meantime to assist your deck um, as you're buying them and then eventually going for provinces later. Okay. So anything that likes green cards is good. Yeah? Sure, Because yeah. they're green. Yeah, they um, are indeed green. I'm thinking about Crossroads, mainly. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, there's another card that, like, looks like it would be really synergistic with castles, but I don't think actually is. I think it's kind of a trap to try to set this up with castles. Um, and it's Shepherd. Uh, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a trap. Okay, trap's the wrong word. It's weaker than it looks, is what I'm saying. Well, Shepherd is weaker than it looks. <laughs> yeah. Shepherd's like the most overrated card in Nocturne. It's pretty overrated, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, it's but, good, but like, it's not like. Oh, Shepard! Like, uh, Shepard is good for helping you have big turns in a deck with a lot of green cards. Yeah. And castles do like that, so there is a synergy there. On the other hand, it's Shepard, and it's not the most amazing thing ever. Hashtag opinion, Adam. So the the problems with Shepard in particular in castles are, well, one, it, you can, if you're not careful, cause some really bad shuffles really easily. That's just Shepard in general. Shepard's gonna Shepard. Yeah, Shepard's gonna cause bad shuffles for Shepard's gonna Shepard. That was way yeah. cooler. Dang it! Shepard Chef. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just know the sound Adam's going to use to bleep that. Um, but yeah, so like, the the Shepherd is kind of 
not so great for the reason that I talked about earlier, which is that like the best things you can be doing with castles mid-turn require you to have the castles in your hand. So, like, Opulent Castle and Grand Castle. If you care about and those... And Small Castle sometimes. Uh, sometimes, I guess. Yeah. But, like, a lot of times, like, I want to hold on to the Small Castle and discard it a lot. So, yeah, like, that's fair, too. You know, you can shoot yourself in the foot like we told you not to do earlier. Yeah. Don't do that. So if and, you're, and if you're not willing to shoot yourself in the foot with Shepard, then, like, why? Why did you do this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I'd yeah, agree. it's a little crunchy. I would agree with that if what you're saying is, like, if you're going for castles, you pick up a Shepard at some point. Crunchy probably. castle? Yeah, crunchy castle. Is that is that the white castle? Oh, Small I'm going to... I want to start calling crunchy crumbling castle. castle crunchy castle. Crunchy castle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. But but then you lose the humble crumble. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. We, humble, maybe maybe haunted crunch. castle is crunchy castle. Yeah, that seems right. Um, <laughs> the, other, the important things. The other thing that's like really good for castles, I think, is Ironmonger. Yes, it's good. And I mean, there's the multi-type ones here. A couple, three out of the yeah. eight castles have multiple types. And also, like, and, and all of those have two copies of them in a three-player game. Yeah. Uh, 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 I didn't know people did that. But like You do uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Um the uh the other thing about Ironmonger is like if anything can keep a deck full of green cards viable, it's Ironmonger. Because that like uh, sift Well I mean Ironmonger's up there. Yeah. I mean if anything can do it, it's probably crossroads, but like Sure. Ironmonger's yeah. up there. Um Museum. There you they're go, all unique man. cards. There you go. Uh, yay, we so did good. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, menagerie. Oh, oh, they're all unique cards. Uh, it's self-explanatory. Yeah. Okay, so but those ones are obvious. Um, the ones uh, less so, but like I think you really need to respect them when the synergy is available. Hashtag respect is uh, rogue, grave robber, and lurker. Oh, that's that's pretty decent because like small castle can be recycled. That's the and that's Recycled like the castle. Only reason you care, like the rogue gaining, being able to use the small castle more than once, it immediately means that you have to play around that. Ooh, wait a second, you can gain crumbling castle and keep <laughs> trashing it, and you can get infinite VP tokens. Oh, sick! You can empty the silver pile. <laughs> So it's not infinite. It's based on the silvers. Wait, no, no it doesn't have the. If you did, yeah. Oh god, yeah. yeah we're good. It's amazing with Bishop. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I guess. but yeah, no. The main thing you're doing here is gaining back the small castle after use, and like that's good, that's not. I don't want to say it's unignorable all of the time, but it is something you probably need to play around if you see castles and you see a way to gain out of the trash. Yeah, I mean you can you can get the crumbling or the haunted castle out of the trash with the rogue or the grave robber too, and oh. if you want some more points, I mean oh. that's a decent points play. It also, by the way, that does make the haunted castle attack repeatable. Oh because snap! If you trash the haunted castle and then gain it back, you can change just again. everything. Ah, it's ghost ship now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, guys. We made yeah. ghost ship out of castles and rogue. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so. The other uh, thing in this... We're going to transition into what's bad for castles. Um, And this is good and bad for castles is trash for benefit. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it makes it easier to contest the castles. Because, like, if I'm going to contest something to deny it to you and I don't want it, I guess if I can trash it for benefit... Woo! I get it! Yeah. Sure. I guess. Yeah. 
So with that small l- castle is trash for benefit. Uh, it's built in. That's such the a pile. robust term. Yeah. Uh. So we've transitioned at this point into what are bad situations for castles. When are they like weaker than normal? Okay. And we went into trash for benefit as All right. enab- enabler for contesting, which makes castles overall worse. Yeah. Uh, and also wolf den. <laughs> This, this, he's a sharp cookie right there. He found all of them, man. Look at this guy. Uh, yeah. The other, I mean, maybe there are some others, and definitely if I'm missing them, uh, leave them in the comments. Let us know reasons you would want to ignore castles. But the other big one I'm thinking of is Platinum Colony. That's a lot of points, man. We already addressed where, like, between provinces and castles as being your focus, it's close. Like, the provinces are point total competing with castles already if you add platinum colony into the mix like yeah the platinums can help you get the king's castle whatever but like really you're probably just better off building to get another colony it's you can just like pay another dollar and get this card that's worth 10 points it's yeah usually platinum colony means you ignore castles i think platinum colony kind of craps all over most vp cards that aren't colony dutchy duke sometimes beats it sometimes Uh, okay man yeah, I mean, the other, the only other option, the only other time I'd say that you go for castles in a Platinum Colony game is if there's some three-pile you see that will be faster than your opponent is able to get a colony. It's... we're reaching. I'm, I'm not I'm not denying that that's You rare. know they have estates for that. And yeah. And duchies. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Good times. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, so that's... Most of what I had to say about castles... Yeah, that's all I got, man. Yeah, um, I'd say they, they play a pretty variable role in the kingdom, not just because of what they do, uh, but also because of the situations you find yourself in. The, the tactical nature of deciding whether or not to buy them is pretty interesting. It makes castles uh, pretty variable in terms of how they feel when you play with them. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So so here's the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we went... To the castle, we went on the hunting grounds. We were looking for lunch meat, and I saw, I saw that adorable uh, generic animal that I was supposed to hunt and kill. And you were and wondering just, how I it couldn't, was bred. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it. It just looked so happy because of being how it alive. was bred. And it, uh, that's good. That's not okay. where I'm going. Right, Mine's so. a little more convoluted. Okay. Uh, so I didn't. What I'm saying is, I I didn't come back with any lunch meat. Yeah. So I'm thinking right. if like maybe we'll just have like a cucumber Sammy. Yeah. On on these little baguette pieces for sure. our bread, kind of like we had at the uh, the gender reveal party that yeah. happened two days ago. By to the way, determine but... to to reveal the uh, the gender or I mean it's the sex right, but sex yeah. reveal party sounds dirty. We, we, the, the, the sex of my child, which has already been determined, and which you can redetermine if you win the raffle on Making Luck, a hereditary podcast. <laughs> Do you know how this works? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, the, I, that's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, we're, we have a kingdom we're going to play with, and it's going to have hunting grounds and castles. That's the long and yeah. short of it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to read off? I'm really bad at it, apparently, so do you want to read off the kingdom? I, I mangled this one, so it's in cost order. So we're Awesome. Okay. Let's, Sweet. Let's do this bad boy. You did so. it in MS Paint. <laughs> That's kind of how I roll, man. Yeah. So we've got Castles, Fool, Ghost Town, Gladiator, Menagerie, Silk Road, Treasure Map, Baker... Highway and hunting grounds. Yeah. Once again, for our audio-only listeners, castles, 
Fool, Ghost Town, Gladiator, Menagerie, Silk Road, Treasure Map, Baker, Highway, and Hunting Grounds. Yeah. So that's a thing. So yeah, we got the uh, we got the good old lucky coin to start off with because a fool. Yeah, uh, gives you a silver every time you play it. So that's pretty gnar. Yeah, that among other things, uh, I think definitely means menagerie is not going to happen. Well, I mean, I, I don't think menagerie had the support to begin with, but if there was any doubt, yeah, no lucky coin is uh, probably saying no sure. menagerie this game. Sure. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, the only plus buy is fortune. Uh, the only yeah. village is Ghost Town, which is pretty good. Uh, you got castles and silk roads. Uh, I mean, highway doesn't have the plus buy to support it, so yeah. So there, there are no attacks that you need to play around for disruptions' sake, other than the haunted castle, which is only going to happen once. So I don't. I think you just look at what you can do here and, and what's the most efficient way to score points. I think so. Yeah. So like uh, this one's this one's interesting. Uh, the only there's also. There's no thinning other than the Flames Gift off of Fool, which you yeah. can't really count on. So instead of thinning, we're looking for robust draw, right? Yeah, Hunting Grounds is great. It draws a buttload of cards. And I think Ghost Town is one of the best ways to enable it of as far as village support goes, because like you don't have to start your turn with both a village and a Hunting Grounds in hand. You can just hope you start with the Hunting Grounds, because like as long as you draw Ghost Town at some point, your turn is going to kick off just the same. That's part of the inherent unreliability of relying on terminal draw is that you have to get it with a village, but Ghost Town kind of gets around that for you. Yeah, Ghost Town's just a really good village, because having actions at the start of your turn is the best time to have them. Yep, yep. So, and cards, yeah. too. Uh, well, yeah, it also... Doesn't, that... It doesn't draw cards for you, per se, but because you had to draw it. But Yeah, but yeah. it helps the reliability of the deck. So, uh... I mean, I'm probably going to be going for Ghost Town and Hunting Grounds and trying to get a fortune, and I'm going to have a lot of money and two buys on my turn. So, um, I don't know. It, uh, I mean, Silk Road does not seem like the right thing to be doing here. I think that if you get a Silk Road, it was probably instead of a duchy. And, like, I think that if you're in a position where you're just trying to get points that don't end the game... Like, you would buy a duchy. I think you buy the Silk Road instead, in that case, because it's probably going to be at least three points, possibly more. Uh, sure, I guess. Uh, I mean, I just envision myself having so much money on my turn, and only two buys, that I'm not going to really care about the Silk Road. Yeah. I do, though, actually question what the best way to build this deck is going to be, because we talked about relying on fortune for your... Uh, plus buy. Fortune is such a high-cost, high-impact card that you want to draw it as many times as you can. Um, and so having a bunch of stock card treasures in your deck, of course, gets in the way of drawing your fortune more often. So you want to be I, careful, I think. I would want a lot of hunting grounds in the deck before I consider putting a fortune in it, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I mean, I think I want to build that deck because it's a good deck. With the Baker token, I'm probably going to... I'm really warm on opening Fool here. I, I think Fool's yeah. decent. I like Fool a lot. So I'm probably going to open Fool, and then uh, I guess Re I'm going to get Baker. Yeah, so like Fool is... I mean, this is always true of Fool, because um, of just the way the card works. But like, if you buy a Fool, and you play it, and you get the boons, and your opponent doesn't buy one... Um, great, you've you've lost in the woods all game, and that's good. But yeah, if, your, if your opponent does take it from you, 
uh, to do the same thing themselves. Crazy boons, Great! Man. You can play the Fool and get three boons. So, yeah, Fool is, fool is probably a good opener here. Most of the time, I find that, like, you go for Fool, you don't go for Fool. Eh, whatever. Yeah. But I feel like Fool's probably going to be okay. I'm warm on opening Fool, so I want to go for it. Yeah. And I want to build a deck that draws a lot of cards with Ghost Towns and Hunting Grounds. And if yeah. I'm going to do that, it's likely that I'm going to be going for a Fortune. It's likely that'll happen. Yeah, so I might YOLO it and go Gladiator Fool. Um, or I might go Gladiator Silver, actually. I mean, I want the Baker in the deck. You start with the token. I don't know. I, I'm probably saving the token to get something later, um, to turn a 5 into a 6 and get a Hunting Grounds. Yeah, so uh, Baker does this crazy thing. Because he gives you tokens. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I get great. the Hunting Grounds earlier, and I can get it... Like, do you, though? I think I do, because... You open with a Fool... Ghost towns are a thing that I can use to support the hunting ground so much earlier than I would normally be able to support it. In what, do you, what do you mean? Like you get ghost towns when you need it, you gain it to your hand. Like yeah, so I buy the hunting grounds at some point, track my deck, buy the ghost town right before I'm about to draw the hunting grounds. Great. I think opening with a baker is a better way to get that hunting grounds in your deck sooner than opening with a gladiator. I don't know. I like the gladiator. Good for you, man. <laughs> I, I think feel it, well, pretty good about this. So, like, this. gladiators with gladiator with castles is kind of interesting too, because it's kind of basically a terminal goal. Oh ah, snap! Oh, that's synergy. synergy. <laughs> yeah, like we didn't we didn't pick this kingdom, but like there's Silk Road and Menagerie, which we talked yeah. about. Hunting grounds, obviously, is going to be in here. I like how there's highway here because it dominated <laughs> Last Kingdom, and I don't it's think like, it's. I, it's I like think you like ignore it. It's like right next to Baker, and it's like, oh, I'm getting a Baker now. I, I might buy a highway at some point, depending what my deck looks like when I get the fortune. I'm I think, probably I not. Think Baker's doing it. better in every case because <laughs> the highway. The highway is like if it only is better than Baker when you have another buy. But if you have another buy, you're playing a fortune, so the coin token can be doubled too. I'm never getting a highway here. You're, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I oh, really God. am wrong about anything. Oh, shit. Didn't you say you were going to auction or raffle off my ego? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened to that? We're still figuring out the travel preparations for that. We have, like, there's a lot of logistics but involved. We figured out how to change the sex of my unborn child. Yeah, that's easy compared to this. <laughs> um, like, we're trying to... Like, I called U-Haul, and they said, we can't handle that, and they hung up on me. Um, hey, the people that, that moved me here, they yeah. were super strong. They carried that fish tank, like, down the stairs with just two of them. Nice. Call them. Two yeah. men in the truck. Will do. It was weird, though, because they actually sent three men in a truck. I was like, that's, that's false advertising, man. 50% more man than you were expecting. <laughs> Making luck. A 50% more man podcast. More manly. 50% more manly of a podcast. Wait a second. Are you trying to say that Wandering Winter's not manly? Uh, no. I mean, if he were here, we would have 50% more man. There you go. Yeah, like yeah that have, was it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When you came on, it was 50 Yeah, yeah because, there we go. Yeah, all right. Yeah, if we nice could, save. If we could get him on, we'd all we'd be a happy family. Yeah, like, I, I don't... I mean, having guests on this podcast <laughs> isn't something that I'm really into, because, like, you know, we record these live, and yeah. so that's great. And, and also, like... I don't know, I just, I've never really liked podcasts that are based on the guests. But, like, I mean, Watery yeah. Winter can come on whenever he wants. I think Donald X can come on whenever he wants. Yeah, yeah Which, right. I mean, neither one of those is realistically going to happen, but, like... Yeah. Oh, and I think your girlfriend can, I mean, she can show up physically here, so that's... Sure, that's cool. yeah, we can't stop that. 
Um, so I mean, my wife could come on the podcast if she wants, but she doesn't. So yeah, no problem solved. Um, yeah, I'd actually. I mean, she she'd be interesting too because she plays Dominion and your girlfriend. She, yeah, my wife. Uh, she doesn't like Dominion. No, no. But yeah, I mean, getting a fresh perspective. Fresh, of course, spelled P H R E S H. Yeah, like the cool kids do. Of course, any of my celebrity crushes are more than welcome anytime. <laughs> hey, yeah, got any shout outs to make? Nope. Shout out to Tom Hanks, my celebrity <laughs> crush. Yeah. I mean, T-Swift I consider a musician. Different category than celebrity. There's like musicians and then there's celebs. Yeah, let's see. If I'm going to really, really, really have more crushes. on like Demi Lovato than T-Swift because reputation... Ugh, anyway, don't get me started. Mine are like a lot of anime voice actors. Yeah. And uh, Did I ever tell you I had a crush on Sailor Mercury when I was in high school? You have mentioned that. Yeah, I think, I think most of us had a crush on one of the sailors. Yeah. How can you... I mean, Sailor Mercury is clearly the best one. Um, I didn't know who any of them were, but... Did you watch the show? No. Well, that's probably why. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite Sailor Scout? Uh, There's a correct answer to this. Uh, Sailor Moon's kid. That's yeah. You're only saying that because that's your girlfriend's favorite. Is it? I don't. Sailor Chibi. I had no idea. The crap out of me. I had no idea. She was the scrappy do <laughs> of Sailor Moon. How do you know what my girlfriend's favorite show is? We were talking about it. Oh. There was that poster at the game store. I don't remember. And then that guy randomly came up to us and is like, "Yeah, Sailor Mercury is the best one." And I was like, "Thank you." All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to Making Luck, an anime podcast. Yeah, an anime, a Yuri podcast. Um, <laughs> Whoa! Uh, yeah, shout at us on the forums, on, yeah. the, on the YouTube comments. Uh, we've been getting some feedback. We certainly like that. If uh, if you've got feedback and you haven't given it to us yet, uh, you know, start doing it. Yeah. Super great. We Definitely. like hearing from you guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. It's kind of like ordering Freedom Fries in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, that's, that's an Irish car bomb. Yeah, Irish yeah. car bomb waiting to happen. Um, <laughs> might not be so Irish, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's oh. American! We, uh, All eagle! Have we gotten our sufficient racism in to... <laughs>